This is Top Floor, episode 96. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 96. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. It is your old pal, Susan Berry. Before we get started, I want to acknowledge the passing of one of Top Floor's most beloved listeners and friends of the show, Dylan Beaumont. Dylan was the general manager of the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Eugene, Oregon. That hotel he helped open as front office manager before he moved up the ranks to GM. We met on LinkedIn, and Dylan was the first person to point out how often I talk about ghosts on this show. It became a running private joke between the two of us to the point that we always just included the ghost emoji every time we wrote each other's name. We didn't say why. We just put a little ghost. To say that Dylan's death was like a punch in the stomach is an understatement. And I can only imagine how his mother, Robbie, and the team at the hotel must feel. There is a huge hole in the fabric of our industry and in my heart where Dylan belongs. In addition to being dedicated to Dylan, this episode is special because it was recorded at High Tech in Toronto. Once again, the lovely, and I do mean lovely, they are so nice to me, team at HFTP invited me to come to the show and record loading dock stories from some of the industry's most interesting and experienced leaders. Going down. Sherry Merrick started her career at Hilton and Intercontinental, mostly working on front-of-house systems that led her to identify an industry-wide struggle with reporting. So she co-founded DataVision Technologies to solve that problem. The company was the industry's first true business intelligence system for hospitality and grew to installations across 35 countries over 25 years. Last year, Sherry made a successful exit, and this year, she was inducted into the International Hospitality Technology Hall of Fame. This made her the perfect person to kick off our special high-tech episodes, and I started the festivities by asking her a really personal question because I'm obnoxious. Give this a listen. What is the weirdest thing about you? Wow. Well, I guess the question is, do you ask my kids or do you ask my <laughs> husband? <laughs> I would say, I think my kids would say the weirdest thing about me is for someone that's in technology, I'm not into technology. So I, um, you know, they bring in, we just got a, a 
in our house. They put in a new mesh and, and they changed the speakers. Um, and that, so now I can use my phone to activate and everything, but it's like, okay, show me, but I haven't, it's been like two weeks and they haven't, I haven't sat down to do it yet, but I know it's going to be, it's going to be great, but I, I'm, so I'm probably one of those late to technology people. Once I get on board, I, I can't wait, but uh, it's just not on my to-do list, very high on my to-do list. Sherry, that is pretty weird, <laughs> I got to tell you. Are you going to pick one I'm for me? I'm going to pick one for you now. This is exciting. The question is, how do you wish to be remembered? As generous. I think that is the quality I admire the most in my mother. And I hope that that is the quality I am remembered for having. That's wonderful. That's a great one. I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've gotten soft, let's head down to the okay. loading dock where <laughs> all of the best, craziest, funniest, and wildest stories get told. What is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Well, I thought of this. I have so many fun stories from the hospitality industry, but I would think um, one of the fun, funniest things happened when I was working at Hilton International. Um, I was working at a hotel that was three blocks from the White House. And, you know, I started the industry when I was five, right? <laughs> wink, wink. And Is this the Capitol Hilton? No, the Vis it, was the, it was the Vista International. Okay. Because Hilton used to be two companies, Hilton International. I'm going way back. Hilton International and Hilton. And so in the U.S., we had to call ourselves Vista International Hotels. Got it. So we were at 15th and M, three blocks from the White House. Gorbachev was coming to town. Gorbachev was staying at the Madison Hotel, which you can see from the White House. Um, the press, TASS, were staying at our hotel right around the corner from the Madison. And I was a Russian major in college. I oh, speak wow. Russian. So I... Tr no Google Translate. I translated menus. So there's a press of like 30, 40 people from Russia, press corps. So I made menus in Russian. And um, you are kidding me. Yeah, I was IT manager. But yeah, it was it was just exciting. We were going to host host the core. So we um, at then one point they called me every once in a while to translate in person. And the chief engineer called me up and said, can you come up to the meeting room where we have these computers? So these big, big bulky computer screens are standing there. This is the TAS press room. So if you remember monitors from back then, you know, they're like boxes, 24 by 24 boxes. And they said, it's not working. The, the TAS guy says it's not working. And my engineer guy says it's working. But so they asked me to translate and so basically the guy from Russia is saying, there's something on the line. And the, my <laughs> chief engineer is saying, okay, AT&T came in here a week ago. It's a brand new line. It goes from the hotel to AT&T to the satellite. It's brand new just for this event. And finally, okay, I'm, I'm speaking Russian and I, I, I have a dictionary. Finally, the task guy said, a little word that it was not bug, but basically he kept saying there's something on the line. And I kept translating this to my chief engineer. And then my chief engineer also turned and said, let me check. He told me that the week before when they were installing this, the FBI and CIA were in the hotel. No. A bug on the line, and it was detected. <laughs> it oh was my good goodness! Bug. It was not 
they were able to detect it. So they had to take it off, I guess, so they could send out their stories from the visit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that is yeah. crazy. That reminds me of that show, The Americans. Did you ever watch that? Uh, no. Oh, it's so right. Like all that same time and the spying that went yeah, back and yeah. forth. Yeah, wow. Things that you don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you survived that. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for joining me at the loading dock. Thank you. It's great to talk with you and look forward to doing this another time. going down. My next conversation was with the founder of Muse, Richard Valter. If you were at high tech, you could not miss the Muse team. They were decked out from head to toe in dusty rose colored coveralls that matched their wild looking pink trade show booth. Although calling it just a trade show booth both does it a disservice and elevates all other trade show booths. Do me a favor and look it up because just wow. I would have wanted to talk to Richard based on his outfit alone, but Muse actually snuck me onto their email list months ago and they've been sending me a bunch of marketing stuff for a while. So I know that they are working on disrupting hotel technology with their property management system. Here is Richard. What is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Um, so I'll tell you one about the first ever high-tech that we ever went to. Um, so the first ever high-tech, no, actually technically it's the second ever high-tech because the first ever high-tech, I came in, pretended I was a hotel, basically didn't really kind of pay, but met... Hyatt or the like the people from a major hotel group on the dance floor and showed them our PMS which is very very early stage at that point on my iPhone and they thought it was cool so that's how I managed to get that meeting uh, which is a on terrible on the dance meeting, floor it was on the dance floor speaking yeah. of talk nerdy to me dance nerdy with me that's going to be my uh, tagline that's, next yeah, year that's, that's the next one but um, so that's one story. I'll then top it off with another one. So the next high tech I did, it was the first one that we ever exhibited at and we didn't have really enough money to exhibit. Um, so we didn't get a booth made. We made our own booth. So it was in, um, New Orleans. And so I arrived with this kind of like rolled up sticker, uh, that we were going to put on the actual kind of booth, went to Home Depot bought everything there, then went to a flea market, bought the furniture no. that we were going to actually kind of have there. On the way to the show, we didn't actually, oh, like, or at least I didn't have enough money to get back to the airport. Um, Cause yeah, like my credit cards were like maxed out at the time. And, um, and so I made a deal with the taxi driver taking us from the flea market to the show that she would, cause she liked the furniture some strange reason. So we were going to swap the furniture that we had for the um, uh, for a ride to the airport. Stop it. From the show. And then we also, we basically realized that like we couldn't show the actual PMS and the product on the computers that we had because they were like too small. It was like a 12-inch computer or 13-inch uh, laptop that I had. And so we thought like, well, how do we show the actual product? So we looked at the TV in the Airbnb and we 
we borrowed it. No. <laughs> and we just basically like, so we walked into the show the next day with the TV from the Airbnb, hooked it up. I had to go and like buy a cable. Um, like the, the actual sticker job was actually one of the worst things that you've ever seen. So I didn't know that you had to wet it to make sure that you didn't get those like bubbles uh-huh. and stuff like that. So we had those and it was like, it looked terrible. It kind From a distance, it looked fine. But mm-hmm. when you came up to it, like you were like, what the hell is going on? And, and we couldn't like get the things to actually kind of stick together. So, but it was good because we had the TV so we could hide a lot of those things. Good. Massive TV. And then, yeah, and then... I got a ride with this woman. She dropped me off by the Airbnb. I left the TV there, basically. And uh, the rest of the furniture, she just kept. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, was like, it was an amazing show. Like, it was a really great, great experience. That is wild. Did you do any deals to pay <laughs> off your credit card? <laughs> no, no. I think like we got maybe like one deal and they tried to onboard and they were like, what is this? Like, it's not even a PMS. Like, I can't believe you guys tried to like sell this to me. I think it was like a 150 bedroom hotel and we were like, yeah, of course we're ready. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, that was. So let me ask you this. Do you think that experience is why you've got such an extra booth this year because you're like never again yeah, yeah, yeah. like now we just like spank so much money on them <laughs> I, I think the reason why we do these types of booths is that like i i genuinely hate trade shows i think like i think they're amazing for the fact that like this industry actually kind of like works really really well with them but i think the format is always pretty bad and i think hospitality should be the most fun industry and should be the most receptive to creativity and when you walk around like you know especially like where should creativity be coming from well from the tech right because like that's the thing that will enable everyone to do much better jobs basically and all of these kind of things totally agree and then you come here and it's like men in blue suits and or khakis um like just like hocking their wares basically like essentially kind of like putting up a feature list and that's not really what the technology does because the technology doesn't enable features it enables the experiences of the guests Mm -hmm. and of the back office staff and we kind of take a gamble that we say people should love their technology they should love their tech provider they should want to be friends with the people they should want to kind of feel warm about those types of decisions they shouldn't look at them as these find like there's features there's functionalities there's things that you need to do in order to be competent but that's not what makes this industry and this industry should be representative of the experiences that we actually create excellent going down jessica gillingham was next Jessica is the CEO of Abode Worldwide, which is a public relations firm specializing in hospitality and property technology. Jessica is a serial entrepreneur, having also founded the online travel company Triptoes in 2014 which specialized in family travel to Canada. You will hear about her deep love for Toronto, Canadian lakeside cottages and family. 
I started out by asking Jessica about her goals for the conference, but quickly detoured into one of my many embarrassing moments. This one, Toronto-based. And I'm here because I'm here to learn more about what's going on today in hospitality and also to meet some clients, meet some journalists and business development. But I'm also here because I absolutely love Toronto. It's my favorite, favorite city in the world. So um, I'm here for that too. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. I was really nervous coming to Toronto because the last time I was here, I was deported from Toronto. Yes, that's correct. I was doing a consulting project in Montreal and I had done the border crossing maybe four times from there back to Atlanta. Um, it was a long project, four or five months. And for whatever reason, one time I booked a plane ticket that had a stopover in Toronto. When I made the stop, I had to go through customs and they did not like the answers to the questions that I gave and told me to turn around and get back on a plane and go home to Atlanta. Well, all of my belongings were at the hotel in Montreal. So I was able to convince them to give me a 48-hour pass to go back and pack all of my things. And then I had to go back to Atlanta for a week while the hotel where I was consulting uh, engaged the immigration attorney and sorted everything out and got me to be able to come back. So when I was coming to town yesterday, I was like, I hope they don't remember <laughs> that they kicked me out the last time I was here. Very thankfully, apparently nobody did because I was allowed to come into the country. I think it's very brave of you to even try <laughs> to come back after that story. I, I'm not sure I would have done. I know. I honestly... I don't know how I had that bravery. All right. I'm going to pick a question for you. If money was no object, what would you buy? Ooh, what would I buy if money was no object? So that's a really good question. What would I buy? I would buy, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how I got into travel initially and I worked in Canadian travel and I, um, I, I and a specific part of Canadian travel, which is cottages on lakes. So if I had infinite funds, then I would buy a beautiful cottage on an Ontario lake with a dock and with a hot tub and with lots of canoes on the water, that's what I would buy. And then infinite tickets from London to come over so that I could come and visit as much as I wanted. Well, that sounds like a perfect package, especially since you included the infinite tickets. <laughs> so I have a burning, ooh, a burning question for you. Okay. Do you have a hidden talent? Hmm, let's see. Do I have a hidden talent? I mean, it's not exactly hidden from everyone, but I am an excellent hip hop dancer in my kitchen, especially after a martini or two. I at least think that I am the best dancer that has ever danced a step. 
Some of my friends agree. My husband does not agree. Not even a little bit. He thinks I'm a moron and is highly embarrassed by me at every possible opportunity. So does that mean you twerk? Is twerking <laughs> hip hop? I don't know how to do that, but I can do dance steps like that look like I think I know what I'm doing. Like I really can. I'm a really good dancer. I promise. So maybe for the next margarita, you practice a bit of twerking. Oh, um, I think that sounds like a really horrific idea. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now that you have gone there with the twerking, I'm going to have to ask you to accompany me to the loading dock. Jessica, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? So I'm going to tell you a story that's maybe a little bit different. And it's where I stayed last night. Oh. So instead of staying in a hotel or a short-term rental or a hostel or an apart hotel or whatever, I stayed with my brother last night. Oh, okay. Who lives here. I was really nervous about where this was (laughs) going. I'm glad it was indoors. Tell me more. It was indoors. So (laughs) I stayed with my brother who lives here with his family. And you know what it's like when you're at a busy conference, you know... we, all you want to do is really just go to a quiet room and, and lie down under a duvet cover or close the curtains <laughs> and have space and whatever. But my brother has six-year-old twins. <gasps> Absolutely perfect little six-year-olds, a girl and a boy. Oh, the best kind of twin, I think. They're, and they're half English, half Spanish and Canadian. Mm. So, And their birthday is actually on Saturday, which is Canada Day. Oh, wow. So July 1st. So last night I stayed with them and I read them bedtime stories and I tucked them in and all of those things. So instead of when I normally travel in conferences, I'm in a hotel or a rental or, or whatever, this time I was tucking in little six-year-olds and it was a real pleasure and a real kind of... Um, good paradox to to all the sessions that are going on here and all the booths and everything it was about real you know being with people and relationship etc oh were they so excited they were they were very excited and they 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 are literally adorable they're like little dolls going down I was so excited when I saw that my friend David Bolu was going to record with me. David is the executive director of strategic accounts at Total Customized Revenue Management. TCRM offers outsourced revenue management for hire, among other things. And David was telling me that they have 50 long-term contracts with hotels, Before his current role, David spent many years in hotels, so I knew he would have at least one great loading dock story for me, and he did not disappoint. All right, David, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? So I have a front desk story for you. Oh, good. And um, so a little history. I've been in this industry for over 30 years. And um, I started my career with Hilton and I was at the Pittsburgh Hilton, which is downtown Pittsburgh. um, And I was the assistant director of front office operations. So this was in 92 or 93. And we had a citywide convention going on. We also had a wedding party that was booked at our hotel. 
and we were oversold. And as the assistant director for an office, I worked the evening shift. So I'd get in around one in the afternoon and I would work till midnight or however late I needed to stay. And this would have been a Saturday night and we were oversold by quite a bit. And so as the day wore on, we were- Wait, wait, wait. Is this real quite a bit or front desk quite a bit? It was real <laughs> quite a bit, but I was front desk back then, okay, you know, okay. so I wasn't revenue management. Um, I, I don't remember how many we were oversold, but probably 15 to 20 rooms. Got it. And you know how it is uh, when you have a, a group in the hotel, a big group, like a convention, and the sales team says, you can't walk the group. Right. Got to walk everybody else, but 100%. you can't walk the group. So we had this wedding party that they weren't having the wedding at the hotel, nor the reception. They just had the rooms booked at our hotel. And nobody had checked in. And so, you know, as the day is wearing on and we're slowly running out of rooms, we're having to make a decision. Mm. Who, do we, who do we give our rooms away to? And these rooms were pre-registered. So after a while, when we started running out of rooms, we needed to start taking rooms out of their block and giving them to people literally standing in front of us. So, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, everything's working out. Nobody's checked in from this wedding party yet. So, you know, I'm thinking, all right, maybe we're in the clear. Maybe this is going to work out for us. And so it gets later and later. And now it's probably midnight. And we're down to probably a handful of arrivals. I'd say eight or nine. And they're all the wedding party at this point. My stomach is already starting to hurt, David. You can see where this is going. So I'm getting my stuff ready. I'm getting ready to leave because we're we're down. We're, We're nearly like even, if you will, with the room count, but we still have arrivals left and they haven't checked in. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe they're just not going to show up. And so night auditors here, I think we're going to be in good shape. And then a woman named Eleanor, who was our supervisor at the front desk, walks into the back office and she says, David, they're here. No. (laughs) So I go out. And thankfully, it's one of those tall front desks, you know, that's, you know, four and a half feet tall. <laughs> to protect it's you. It's totally enclosed. So there's no way they can get in unless they get that running start and they do the backflip. <laughs> and um, I'm talking to the groomsman, the best man, and I think the groom himself. And I'm having to explain to them that I gave away their rooms. You know, they were guaranteed but I gave them away because they weren't there and we didn't know. And this is before cell phones. It's not like we could call or text them. So anyway, um, they're like threatening me. And, you know, of course they're angry and I can, I can appreciate that. And they're drunk. So I was working with a, what we used to call an assistant manager. I don't know if you remember, they were like, they worked, they roamed the lobby. They check in VIPs. Um, so there was a guy named Craig. He was the assistant manager that night. And I call him over and I say, look here, he knew what was happening prior to this, but I said, they're here. And so we came up with the idea of, um, putting cots and chairs in a meeting room. No, sir on the second floor mezzanine near restrooms and we comped a bunch of champagne and we sent some beer. (laughs) We made them a slumber party. We did. And, you know, it took about a half hour to calm them down, but we made it work and they were okay. And when they were done, they were like, okay, thank you. This will be fine. You are kidding me. Swear to God. Yeah. That is wild. So we, I I like to say I walked a wedding party, but we never actually walked them. (laughs) 
<laughs> and did you just comp? Of course, you comped it all, right? Comped it all. We didn't charge their. You know, they weren't no shows, so we didn't charge them that way. We comped the upstairs meeting room. Uh, we comped all the beverages that were sent there, and. I mean, I had the next day off, so I don't know what happened, but I'm assuming that everything went well because I don't remember any like repercussions from this. That is amazing. I feel like that is something that every hotelier has threatened to do, right? Like put rollaways in a meeting room and call it done. Yep. And you actually did we it. Did. That yeah. is unbelievable. And I, you know, I honestly don't know if they actually slept that night or if they just stayed up and, you know, partied some more and had... <laughs> you know, cots to lay on and talk or, or if they did sleep. I don't know. I love it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me at the loading dock. My pleasure. Thank you. Going down. The final conversation in this episode starts like the first one did with a personal question. I got to talk to Chris Singleton, senior vice president of Dish Commercial Business, Chris leads Dish's sales, operations, and product efforts for commercial pay TV and internet services. Basically, Chris is a very big deal, and the path to her current job included a stop in Las Vegas, which means she definitely has probably an entire year's worth of crazy stories to tell. What is the weirdest thing about you? Weirdest thing about me? Mm, interesting. Um, probably that I, not very many people, well, maybe now they, people know this, but I grew up on a farm. You did? I went to a little bitty tiny or lived in a little bitty tiny town on a huge farm. And so the weirdest thing probably about me is, um, I'm, I'm really good at driving a combine. Are you serious? A tractor, but yeah, bale hay, you name it, plant corn. I could do it. Where it was the farm? Uh, Emma, Missouri. Oh my yes. goodness. Yes. Small little community. I graduated with 42 other people in my high school class. That is amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love knowing that. And yeah. where do you live now? Now I have a, a home in Scottsdale, Arizona, but I spend most of my time up in um, Inglewood, Colorado, where DISH headquarters are. I used to live in Inglewood. No way. I sure as heck did. Wow. Our, Small world. Close enough. I was the director of sales and marketing at the Sheridan in the Denver Tech Center. Oh, yes. That was one of my many jobs in my childhood before I <laughs> childhood. grew up and <laughs> moved away to Washington, D.C. and then at Atlanta, which is where I've lived now for the last 15 years. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you still look like a child. I mean, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, I got to know, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Oh, okay. Well, ooh, I have so many stories. You know, my Vegas days, I've got, I've got stories galore. But, you know, I think probably the most ridiculous stories that I have were always coming from my uh, weekly security briefings uh, at, at MGM Mirage. Tell so, me everything. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing. We would go through and just talk about, from a, from a tech perspective, because I was always in tech, CIO, CTO, um, not with MGM Mirage, I was the VP, handled all of their development stuff, but 
we would talk first about all of the things that were critical, you know, breaches, visual recognition of bad guys, things that we caught with our, our high tech, you know, parking system, um, you know, because everybody thought, oh, we'll go to Vegas and I'll be obsolete and nobody will know who I am. Ha, wrong. Mm-hmm. wrong. But um, I think the, the funniest one was my, I call, I call him the liar, liar elevator guy. So they would go through at the end of the security briefings and then show all of the ridiculous video clips of, of certain patrons <laughs> of what they did, you know. And this guy, you remember Liar Liar, Jim Carrey, that yeah. movie where he beats himself up in the, in the bathroom? Yes. Well, this guy thought that, you know, he lost, obviously, a lot of money in the casino, thought, I'm going to beat myself up in the elevator Stop. of Bellagio, and I'm going to sue him, and I'm going to get my money back. Well, he gets out, he's all bloodied up, and he's like, I'm going to sue you, and we had a security guard there, and he's like, oh, sir, I'm so sorry, what happened? You know, not knowing that the dum-dum, there's cameras in the, the, the elevator cab, right? So instead of him making money, uh, he went down to the pokey and uh, got a felony charge you, for falsifying a, a, a report. You have got to be joking. No, no, serious, so, that's a heart attack. Here's the thing that I have never understood about... When you see in movies like that, when people punch themselves out or whatever, I can barely even like swat a fly on my own (laughs) arm, much less draw blood. Like what on earth? I mean, that's some desperate people, right? Goodness. Yes. Yes. Desperate people. So he got a felony charge. Yes, he did. And lost all of his money and probably has like a big scar on his face. Oh yeah. He was, he was a mess. He was a mess. Oh goodness gracious. I have all kinds of stories. The Cosmopolitan, there was... Electric Daisy concert. Remember those days Mm-mm. where the, the crazy um, people with very little clothes and big fl- furry boots on? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like raves or another, something? Another one where it's like um, standing by the security. He's like, oh, man, I've got to go take care of this one. Uh, well, instead of it being a bikini, it was body paint. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that's Vegas. So it's, you know, whatever. It happens. How long did you work there? On and off. I was with MGM Mirage for two tours of duty and then the Cosmopolitan. So on and off for 10 years. Wow. Okay. So here's a question I've always wanted to ask someone who worked there. Do you find yourself repelled by the idea of gambling and like playing any games or do you find yourself like getting the itch every now and again and wanting to go play you know i i never never had the itch really in the technology and knowing how you know the the systems are are running and Mm -hmm. the probability i mean it's just mathematics right so uh there's there's a lot to it but no i i um i played with it. It was great. One of the great memories that I have too is getting a wad of cash and being able to go to competitors to experience the customer. Um, you know, what, what, what happens at, you know, Sands or at that time, you know, Harrah's, um, and, uh, being able to take that wad of cash and go, you know, play blackjack or go play roulette or go play any of the table games and just see how they're doing it and why they're doing it and what makes them 
what makes them tick. So confidential to any casino, I will happily help <laughs> with a, cr- a craps only. That's the <laughs> only game that I'm willing to assist with, but I will happily do that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for visiting the loading dock with me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Susan. It was a pleasure. I really appreciated the fact that Chris let me behind the curtain of working in Las Vegas and casinos. I am here to help you with your craps tables. Just let me know. Thank you to all of the guests on part one of Talk Nerdy to Me from High Tech and stay tuned for part two coming in episode 97. Thank you for listening. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 96. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 